Does anybody have expectation going into 2019? I hope some of you came with some expectation this morning. Anybody got expectation this morning? So I preached a couple weeks ago, and um, it was the first Sunday of the year, right before we started the fast, and you could probably sum up my message in two words. They were two really quiet words. Does anybody remember what those two words were? Wake up! So as I was preparing for today, praying and studying, then it was like, oh, they get part two of wake up today. Because the whole premise of the message was that many people are sleepwalking through their lives. Any sleepwalkers in the room? We won't, like, just a few. few, few people last time were, they were like, they, nobody wants to admit you're a sleepwalker because you think you're a little crazy if you sleepwalk, right? We, we love you. But when you sleepwalk, what happens? Your eyes are wide open and you are walking and you are moving. But if somebody wakes up and sees you walking and they talk to you, are you awake? No. No. You seem to be awake, but you are completely unconscious that you are moving and doing something. And unfortunately, many people are walking through their lives sleepwalking. They're not being intentional about the decisions they're making, about the life that they are creating, about the calling that God has placed on their lives. They're just going through on autopilot, unconscious. And there was a verse that kind of led me to that message a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read it to you again. Romans 13, 11 says this. And do this, understanding the present time. Everybody say, understand this. Understand. Understanding the present time. The, all right, the hour has already come yeah. for you to wake, wake up <laughs> from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And so, it's a pretty simple message. Don't be a sleepwalker. Don't allow the routines of life, the, the mundaneness, the ordinariness to lull you into a place of unconscious, autopilot, where you're just getting through, going through life, but with zero intention. And you can do it in any area of your life, right? You don't have to be completely sleepwalking. In fact, I had conversations with people after a couple weeks ago, and they said, oh, man, I know exactly the area I was sleepwalking in in 2018. Maybe some of you were able to identify that where you were sleepwalking in 2018. But it could be, could be your marriage. You're sleepwalking, unconscious. If the phrase has come out of your mouth this year, we, I feel like we're just roommates. Guess what? Guess who's sleepwalking? You could be sleepwalking through your finances, your friendships, your career, your vocation. Some of you students, you sleepwalking right through school. Actually, you're not even sleepwalking. You're just like head down, out. Well, the thing about sleepwalking is when you get to the other side, you look back and you have what? No idea how you got there. You got no idea how you got there. And in life, you have regret. 
because you didn't enjoy the journey. You didn't, you weren't present on the journey. And so we started this year by attempting to wake up the most important thing in our lives. When it comes to sleepwalking, we try the fast. That's what this has all been about. Wake up our spirit. Wake up to hear the things of God. Wake up to hear the voice of God. Wake up to hear with clarity what God is speaking, what he is asking of you, how he's directing you, the steps of faith he's challenging you to step out into. How many would say throughout this fast, you're a little bit more awake than you were seven days ago? Just quick raise of hands, look around the room. You got woke up. How many would say through this fast, those three words that God has spoken over this house, clarity, growth, and vitality. How many got a little bit more of that over the last seven days? God woke us up. Can I encourage you with something? I had just a little tidbit of wisdom. Please. Don't go back to sleep. Come on. Don't be like my children after I wake them up in the morning. You all know where I'm going, right? Yeah. I wake them up. And what do they say? Because I shake them and they don't look awake. But what do they tell me? I'm up. I'm up. I'm awake, Dad. And do they say it with a good attitude? No, they do not. I'm awake, Dad. <laughs> and then what happens when I come back five minutes later? Are they awake or not? Yes or no? Yeah. No, they're not awake. Listen to me. Don't be like my kids spiritually this year. Don't wake up, be alive, vibrant, hearing the voice of God for seven days and then go back to sleep the rest of the year. Stay awake. Stay wide awake so that you can continue to hear the voice of God. Now, today, I get to sound another wake-up call. And... This is an area where, as well, it is easy for us to go on autopilot, to become unconscious, to go with the flow, to settle with the way it's always been. But pastor was talking finances will be the greatest area where the enemy tries to attack and test you. I'm going to talk about the, the second greatest area where the enemy, and you've heard people say this for years, decades, the second greatest area where the enemy will try to attack you. That's what we're issuing a wake up call for today. And that is your relationships. I see some knowing knots. How many have had some testing in 2019 in the area of relationships? Just quick raise of hands. Yeah, about half the room. That's okay. If you didn't raise your hand, it's coming. (laughs) Or perhaps you just got out of it. But it's our relationships that really matter. Let me come at it this way. How many of you would desire to have this year a greater degree of clarity, growth, and vitality in your life? If so, say yes. yes. Okay. Now, how many of you have some people in your life who they have less than a stellar track record of demonstrating clarity because they're aimless and wandering around. You don't even know where the heck they're going to end up. They're not growing. In fact, they seem to be going backwards. And vitality, oh my goodness, they look like they're, they're dead and walking. Not wide awake. How many have some people that don't have a lot of those three things in your life? If so, say yes. Yes. 
Now, if you get around those people consistently and you hang out with them and you listen to them and you see what's happening in their life, do you think you are going to achieve a greater degree of clarity, growth, and vitality in your life in 2019? Yes or no? No. No. That's why this is so foundational. We've got to wake up our spirit. But if we don't wake up in this area, come on. All that spiritual stuff is, it's going to get us a little bit of momentum, but we're going to take two steps forward and three steps back. Now, if, let me ask this, do some of you have some people who they are demonstrating currently a degree of clarity? Like they see, they have a vision. They know where they're going and they're growing and they've got some vitality that when you get around them, you feel energized, you feel encouraged, you have a smile on your face. How many got some people like that, yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Now, what if, what if, what if you got around those people consistently, much more consistently than you did last year? Do you think that would help you achieve a greater degree of clarity, growth, and vitality in your life? If so, say yes. Yes, it will. Now, some of you are like, I, I don't know any of them people. Hello. What if you found some people that maybe they weren't there yet, but they were so hungry for God. They were so hungry to fulfill his calling on their life that it went from a, I wish it could happen or it should happen, that it became a must. What if you got around those people? Is it going to help you go further in 2019? Yes or no? Yes, it is. And see, that is the power of relationship in our life. There's a, a real simple verse that people quote it all the time. People who don't even read the Bible, they quote it. But it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. And it just says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, we've all seen this play out, right? right? A teenager, a child, a young adult. Good kid, okay? Good kid. And the good kid starts hanging out with some not-so-good kids or maybe some flat-out bad kids. And what happens over the next two months, three months, six months, 12 months, a year? Does the good kid, does the bad kid, do the bad kids become good? Yes or no? Does the good kid become bad? Okay, now here's the important distinction. Did the good kid go into this scenario thinking, I'm going to start making bad decisions. I'm going to start doing bad things. I'm going to become bad. Did the good kid go into it like that? You could say he was maybe a bit unconscious. He was on autopilot. He was sleepwalking himself into some influences that he didn't realize were going to change his life. Now, that's just kids, right? I mean, we're grown, thoughtful adults. That would certainly not happen to any of us, would it? Let me just check. How many of you have seen some grown-up, thoughtful people, intelligent people start hanging around some people 
And it degraded their life. It downgraded where they were going. Just raise your hand. Just look around the room. Don't point at anybody. I didn't, I didn't ask you to do that. I just, we've all seen it. Let's be more specific. How many of you have seen some people who got in a harmless relationship? And that harmless relationship turned into flirting, that turned into some clandestine meeting up, that turned into a full-on affair. How many have seen somebody get in an affair that they were a good person, but one relationship changed all that? Who's seen it? Just, I want to see your hands. See, look, quarter of the room. Easily, more than that, I guess. How many of you have seen some people, man, they got fit, man, they're healthy. You're like, man, I want, I want that. And then they started hanging around some people that weren't so fit. And they fell right off of that fitness bandwagon. How many have seen that happen? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Said the trainer on the front row, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You could look at that and be like, How? I mean, because you see it just in a home, right? One spouse gets healthy and fit. The other one does not. Does that get maintained? No. Typically not. How many have seen a single person on fire for Jesus, all in? And then they get in a relationship. Come on. And instead of getting themselves in church, what do they do? They don't attend church. They, they, they go away from church. They go away from God. How many have seen it happen? Just quick raise of hands. Like 80% of the room. And we are thoughtful, intelligent grown-ups, Jeff. Like, how is this possible? Because the word of God is true and it's not a lie. That is right. Bad company corrupts good character. If you don't believe it, wake up! That's right. Because it's truth. Proximity is power. Who you put yourself around is who you will become. You are the average of five people you spend the most time with. The average spiritually, the average physical health, the average of their income, the average of their attitude, the average of their sense of humor. I think that one's true, I'm not sure. Because some of you hang around some funny people and you never got funnier. Bless your heart. Maybe you think you're funnier, I don't know. It's true. Your life will be, will be the direct reflection of the expectation of your peer group. Once your peer group, those are those people that are around you that you care so much about what they think that you will adjust the standards of your life to stay in relationship with them. So Cam and Maria, this is a relationship that has elevated both your lives. Because you both have a higher standard. And when you're around each other, your standard goes up. However, just because I know you and I can do this, I know you both got some people in your life that don't share this standard that you two share. And isn't it true that when you get around them, the standard is challenged? We'll just say it nicely that way. Because we all know the reality. Our life will be. So if you get around people with a high standard, what's going to happen to your life? Is it going to go up or down? It's going to go up. If you get around people with a low, stinking thinking, lack, poverty, negativity, is your mindset, your life, is it going to go up or down? down. It's going to go down. 
So we have to be mindful of who we surround ourselves with. We have to be intentional about our people. When you start to think about the trajectory of your life, how many want your life to go up and to the right? Right, that's where we look, right? When we have a vision, we look. We look over here. We want it to go that way. And if you don't address this component, you can get as spiritually revitalized as you want. But if you don't change the people you are around, eventually your life will revert back to the old you. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? The old you. And so you've got to make an intentional decision. So the wake up call I'm going to bring you today is, it's time to wake up and find your people. Look at somebody and say, wake up, find your people. You kind of got to say yo people because it sounds better that way. Try it again and say, find your people. You got to find your people. Now that begs the question, how in the world do we find our people? What should our people look like? How should they behave? How should they think? What, how do we find our people? Come on. How about we look and see what the Bible says? If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Acts 4, or you can follow along on the screens. It'll all be up there. Now, here's the thing. I want to say this before I start reading some scripture. Some of you in your life, you got some good people in your life. Some of you got some great, how many got some great people in your life? Wow, wow, that is a big raise of hands. That's good. Be grateful for that. Now, some of you got some okay people. How many got, no, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. You got some okay people in your life. They're not dragging you down into the depths, but they're not helping you progress either. They're good, but they're not great. And then some of you, you know, I'm talking to you. Because you got some associations in your life that if you do not break free from them, you will never fulfill your destiny. You will never be who God called you to be. You're certainly never going to experience clarity, growth, and vitality hanging around those people. So we have to be mindful of the people in our lives. So in the book of Acts chapter 4... John and Peter, um, they had a little moment before that, that they were, they healed a man and they got thrown in jail because of it. Because they healed a man, they were speaking in Jesus' name. So they go before the council Sanhedrin and they kind of quiz them and question them. And like they had a hard time. They wanted to punish these men and keeping them in prison, but the whole city was celebrating about the miracle that had taken place. And so instead of punishing them, they threatened them. Don't ever speak in the name of Jesus again, they told them. Don't do it or else. (laughs) That's all they had. They threatened them and then they released them. Now, when John and Peter were released, let me ask you a question. If John and Peter were released, they were just threatened by these powerful people that could have had them killed, imprisoned for life, I mean, they're human, right? I mean, they're the apostles, but they're human. I mean, that might be a little scary moment. Right. That might put some fear in your heart. That might put some doubt in your heart of, whoa, did Jesus really mean to do it like out in public? Or can we maybe do it in the back room that we won't get in trouble? <laughs> it had to shake them at least a little bit. Yeah. And if when they were released, if they went back to some fearful, 
complaining, finger-pointing people who didn't have faith. What do you think would have happened? They probably would have allowed those threats to silence their voice. But is that what they did? Yes or no? No, it's not. Let's read the Bible. Acts 4, 23. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. Oh, my goodness. Their own people. And reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Everyone say this. Say, their own people. Say, my people. Say, my own people. You need to find your people. You have got to find some people that when you go back to them, they're going to give you what you need. See, that's what John and Peter knew. They knew if they went back to their own people, they were going to get exactly what they needed. They were going to get the encouragement. They were going to get the faith. They were going to get exactly what they needed in their time of need. How many of you know that in 2019, even if it is the best year of your life, you're going to have some times of need where you're going to need support, where you're going to need perspective, where you're going to need something that you don't have because you were not created for isolation. You were created for community. And that's why God's put some things on the inside of some other people who are around you that you can tap into that. But not if you keep going back to somebody else's people instead of finding your own people. So through the rest of Acts 4, we see a picture of how we should select our people. What should our people look like? What should characterize them? I'm gonna read a lot of scripture and I'm gonna just drop in some points here because how many want your people? Like you, you wanna have your people. Now some of you are like, I got some good folk. I don't know if they're my people or not. Well, we're gonna help you to find that a little bit more. And some of you think you got great people and through the course of this message, you're gonna be like, hmm. <laughs> my, people, my people got that and that, but they ain't got that. Like we, we, we could get that together. Like you can upgrade your peer group, right? You can lead the charge in that. Or you might draw in some new people that have some things that the people in your group don't already have. You might draw in some new people. Or you might just say, you know what? Time for an upgrade. Look at somebody say, you might need an upgrade. Acts 4, verse 24. When they heard this, this this report that Peter and John gave them about the threats and all these things, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. In prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. See, if you're going to find your people, your people need to be praying people. I'm not talking about read something off of a script, pray. I'm not, I mean, the Lord's prayer, good prayer. Our Father who art, it's good praying. I'm talking about some people that can grab hold of heaven and bring it down to earth kind of praying people. Some people that know that he's the answer and we're not. So you need some people in your life who when you come to them with a problem, their response is not just to give you their opinion, but to give you a time of prayer to grab hold of heaven. Your people need to be some praying people. Verse 25, continue. It says, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. What are they doing right there in their prayer? They are quoting the word of God. 
You need some people who know the word. Yes. And they're going to stand on it. Yes. Everybody has an opinion. Guess what? In your time of need, you don't need their opinion. That's right. What do you need more than their opinion? You need a word. So, you know, you need some people in your life who know this inside and out. And I'm not saying you need Bible scholars. You need some people who are hungry for this. Maybe they just started reading the Bible, but when they read it, it comes alive because they are so hungry. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. You need some people who know the word who are going to stand on the word. Verse 20. Nine, skipping down because they keep praying there. And then it skips down and says, in the prayer, he says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Everybody say, great boldness. You need some people who are going to speak the word of God, who are going to have faith even when it's hard. How many have been through hard times where your life was shaken? Maybe even your very faith was shook to the core. Uh, yeah. Okay, we've all been through those. Now, here's the second part of the question. And you went to someone who had faith, yes. and all of a sudden your faith was renewed. Yes. How many have been there? Yes, yes. Look around. The power of your people, your own people, being people that don't just have faith in good times on a Sunday morning when it's feeling good, but they've got faith in the hard times. That's the kind of people you need. Verse 30, stretch out your hand. They're still praying. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. How many in this room need a miracle today? Now, if your people do not believe in miracles, do you think the likelihood of your receiving that miracle, does it increase or decrease? But if you get around some people who believe that God can do the impossible, how many had faith for a miracle, but you didn't see the miracle come through until you started praying with some other people who believe God for a miracle? Just look around, raise your hand. What's your, is it your son or your, who is it that's sick? Your son. And what's his name? Mike. And they say he has meningitis now? And he's been ill? He's on the transplant unit for a liver. And now they're saying he has meningitis. His name's Mike. Would you all stretch your hands out toward our sister? Because we're just going to demonstrate this in real time. The power. How many believe that God can do a miracle for Mike? How many believe that he can, God can bring him a liver and get yeah. him up, moved up on that list? How many believe God can heal him of meningitis? Yeah. So this just isn't my faith, it's our faith. God, I thank you for Mike. I thank you that he is a child of God, that he is greatly loved by you. Yeah. And God, right now we come into agreement. Your word says wherever two or more gather in your name, we're going to have whatever we ask. And so right now we come into agreement for Mike. We speak healing from this meningitis. We curse that infection. Yes, your word says by your stripes we were healed. And so God, we speak healing and strength, your healing power into his body right now. We curse the infection. We loose your healing power right now in Jesus' name. And God, uh, you can give him a new liver or you can move him up on the transplant list. We don't care how you do it, God, but we thank you for a miracle of restoration in his body that he will live and not die. Everybody say, he will live and not die. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Now we're going to want a good report from that prayer. Because yes. God's going to do a miracle. Amen. He's going to do a miracle, yes or no? Yes. 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 Now, how many of you right now in this moment, you felt your faith yes. raised to a whole nother level? Yes. The word works. Yes, it does. It works. Thank you, Jesus. There is power. So if you're going to pick your people, make sure your people believe in miracles. Make sure they believe in signs and wonders that God can do the impossible, whether it's a physical healing or a financial breakthrough or a restoration of a a relationship. How many have experienced all those kind of miracles in your life? Just a quick raise of hands. Yeah, so then there might be some people in here that could be your people. Just, Just a thought. Um, verse, where are we at? Oh, I like this one. Everybody likes this one. Verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was normal and calm and quiet and unobtrusive to the rest of the world. No, wake up! After they prayed, the place where they meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You need some people around you who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now about now, some of you, as I get into this list from the Bible, from Acts 4, about who your people should be, you're like, you're starting to evaluate and say, well, my people ain't got all that. I mean, I thought they were good. I'm not judging whether someone's good or not because we're all good because we're created by him and God doesn't make any junk, right? What I'm judging is what Peter and John, they went back to their own people and this is what characterized their own people. And what if your people were like their people? What if? And so you want to get around some people that are filled with the spirit of God and it shows. Yes. (laughs) They don't just talk about God in church. Like when they show up, like some boldness shows up. When they show up, I mean, they don't just speak in tongues. They have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Those are the kind of people you want in your life. If you got some people who are always flying off the handle in anger, are they exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Yes or no? Yes. No. Do you think if you hang out with that person consistently that you might have a, start to display some signs of a temper yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Check your people. Look, look somebody, just say, check your people. Verse 32, the first part, it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. Now, oh my goodness, I could preach here a little bit because your people, they need to live in unity. Yes. Not strife, not discord, not divisiveness, not offense. I don't care if they're in church or out of church. If they are always talking about other people and causing division, they're not your people. If they're in church and they're talking about people, they are not your people. And if they are your people, this ain't your house. I'm smiling. I got his anointing on me right now. I'm not nervous. If you're around some people and they're complaining and talking bad about leadership, talking bad about anybody in this house, because this is family here. And those are your people? then this is not your house. It's not theirs either. Huh? They can repent. 
Thank you. Pastor's balancing me out. Look at that. Like the grace, the grace coming from the front row. Hallelujah. That's funny because I'm usually more the grace guy and he's the, he's the law guy, but repent. Wake up from your slumber. Stop sleepwalking through your life in offense and division and discord and come into the power of unity. Thank you, Jesus. There is nothing that feels so good as being in unity with brother and sisters in Christ. Is there? There's nothing that feels so good. The strength, the, the confidence that you have in that environment when you know that people are believing the best about you. When they're going to be a strength to you, that they don't see your weaknesses as something to use against you, but they see it as an opportunity to encourage and uplift and fill the gap for you. That's unity. So you need to be around some people that live in unity. Verse 32, keeping going, it says, uh, no one claimed that their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. If you're going to pick your people, make sure you pick some generous people. Now, some of you might say, well, that's kind of optional, right? You're right. It totally is. Because if you want to continue to live in lack and scarcity and not enough or just enough, then go ahead and make it optional. Get around some selfish, greedy people that don't want to give to church and get upset when the preacher comes up and takes 15 minutes to take up an offering. If you want to, yeah, just make it optional. But if you want to come out of lack, out of scarcity, and step into abundance like you've never known before, get around some generous people, some giving people, some of them crazy people who are are saying, you know what, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I gave anyways. I still need to pay my rent, but I gave my tithe. Get around those people, because it'll rub off on you. It'll rub off on you. I mean, when the windows of heaven open up, I mean, if it's not opening up over you, you might as well be standing next to someone who it's opening up over top of. I mean, because that's a big window. Just, Just trying to help some brothers and sisters out here. Verse 33, it says, with great power, the apostles continued. I'm going to stop there. With great power. How many realize that you need to be around some people who have some power? Don't get around some weak, defeated, complaining believers. Get around some strong, victorious Faith-filled. Get around some people who are always quoting, like wearing it out. Greater is he who is on the inside of me than he that is in this world. Get around some people who are quoting that. That's right. Who are saying that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give me life and life more abundantly. Get around some people who say, you know what? Those things that Jesus did, the Bible says, I'm going to do greater things than these. Get around those people. That's right. And see if some of that power doesn't rub off on you. And so it says they had great power. The apostles continued with great power. They continued to testify. Everybody say testify. To testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. So you need to get around some people, your people. Everybody say my people. Say my own people. See, my own people are going to have a story of how God's grace has worked powerfully in their life. 
where they've received grace and it changed them. And now they're giving grace. Get around some people who realize that there are no perfect people allowed. That they are still under construction. That's right. Because perfection is not our goal. I'm not telling you, like, this list, it could overwhelm you, right? I don't have any people that are perfectly all those things. Perfection is not the goal. We're talking progress here, people. Progress is the aim, not perfection. If we are making progress to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to reflect God's glory in our lives, that's the kind of people you want to be around. Um, I received a, a testimony from someone in a connect group, Tony Knight. Is she here, Tony? Are you here? No, she might be serving out there. Um, she says this past week, uh, this past fall, I joined a ladies connect group. Before that, they joined a couples group that changed their life and their marriage. Then they, uh, led by Chad and Jenny, wave guys, they're awesome. And Summer and Jared right next to them, they apprentice with them. Wow, that's just a whole connect group testimony row there. Because they weren't even friends before connect groups. And then connect groups happen and, and now like they're inseparable. Like after church, you will always see them standing next to It's like, they're like, they're crew, they're people. Are those your people? Yeah. Yep. So Tony says, joined a ladies connect group led by Sarah Clark right here on the front row. She said, this group was so exciting. I personally grew spiritually by the wisdom from everyone in the group. We had every generational level in our group. We had a few single ladies, married with young children, married with adult children and the seniors. This group challenged me. Everyone shared very openly and deeply. It was great to have conversations deeper than just the weather. Some of y'all ain't been talking about anything but the weather with people. It's time to go deeper. She says, I grew by being able to share, listen, from past experiences with others. And sometimes I'd say something that ministered to other people. It's great to know that in connect groups, it's not just about getting involved, but it's also about challenging yourself to grow by sharing your past hurts that are now victories. That's right. These testimonies will give you clarity to others and growth and help healing that only God can provide. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is. It's the stories, the story of God's grace, God's powerful grace changing us, right? I think Tony might've found her people. That's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could find your people in a connect group. Yes. Maybe sitting around you right now in this room are your people and they don't even, you don't even know they're your people yet, but maybe they're in this room. Now I'm gonna bounce over to Acts 2, just hit a couple more points here because this is the same group of people, right? That they're going back to. Acts 2 verse 46, it says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Yes. Your people need to be people who consistently show up. They said every day they showed up. How many got some people in your life who they're there and then they're not there and then they're there and then they're not there? Consistency is not part of their life. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, you got some of those people. Your people? <laughs> You want some people who are consistently showing up, consistently seeking God, consistently not judging you. They're going to be consistent. By the way, our connect groups meet every single week. Hmm, consistently. (laughs) Continuing, it says they broke bread together in their homes. Now, this is important because some people are all talk. All right? Some people are all talk. Your people need to be people who like to eat. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Come on, church people. It's important. (laughs) Got to eat together. After church, y'all take that word and run with it, okay? Go eat with your people. It says they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Your people need to be glad. They need to be filled with joy and fun. Please don't get around some church folk who are grumpy all the time. Come on. 
If you run into grumpy church folk, you want to try something that'll flip them out, walk up behind them and tickle them. What are you doing? And they'll laugh as they say it. Get around some happy people. How many know some happy people that they impact your life every time you're around them? They make you smile more. Does Nicole Brunk, oh, I almost said Brunker, Fields make people smile more? Yes, she does. Get around some people who make you happy with glad and sincere hearts. And then this is important. I heard Aletha touch on this. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Your people need to have praise on their lips. Not a complaint. They need to have praise on their lips, not a complaint. How many got some praisers in your life who like you don't like life could be falling into an abyss and you get around them and they're still praising? Even if their life is falling into man, we got some praisers in this house. Get around some people who know how to praise God, to enter his course with thanksgiving and praise. Get around those people. And then lastly, and this might be the most important point. In the last verse, verse 37, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Your people should know that it's not about them. It's not about them. Your people should want other people to be saved. For other people to know the love of God. Now, that's a pretty good list, right? How many want those people in your life? Can I get a yes? Yes, we all want those people. Now, this list is a bit... I mean, that's an impressive list. I mean, if you got somebody that's got all those, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, are they still here on earth? Or are they like already, they was and they was not. They're going to heaven already. (laughs) I mean, there's some holy people, right? Again, we're not looking for perfection. So it raises two questions. Let me just hit it real quick. Number one, the first question it raises is, well, if if those are my people, what about the lost folk? Are we supposed to shine our light in the darkness? Are we supposed to get around some people who are lost and they need us? Yes, Yes. you definitely are. Getting in proximity to some lost folk is very important. Some people who are far from God, who need Jesus, who need hope, who need restoration. How many know some people like that in your life? Do not abandon them, get around them. They need you. But here's the important key. Peter and John, on their release from prison, went back to their own people. In your time of need, If you are going back to people that are not filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the word of God, standing in faith, supporting you through the word, believing for a miracle, if you're going back to people that aren't that, then that's dangerous. So a lot of times our people become people who are there out of convenience or chance. So if your people are just your people out of convenience or say it's convenience like uh, our kids play on the same team together or go to the same school together or play in the same, um, maybe uh, convenience is the people you work with, your neighbors that are around you, the people that like the same sports teams. Jay, way to have faith to wear the Tom Brady jersey on a Sunday morning. See, your people love you. Like you and my son, I think are the only ones that are like rooting for the Patriots. But like, he knows he's loved anyways, right? But if Jay only hangs around with Patriots fans, I mean, he could find some, I think. Um, But if that's who he hangs around with out of convenience or out of chance, guess what? Are all those people going to be what we just described in the word? No. So don't allow your people to be your people just out of chance 
or convenience. Your people need to be chosen with intention. That's right. Come on. That's good. So minister to lost folk, but your people, your own people need to be these kind of people. Be intentional about that. Thank you. Because that'll change your life and it'll change their lives. Amen. Everybody say, my own people. Now you gotta say it like me. Say, my own people. Now, here's the the other piece that the question that raises when we go through this list in the Bible about who should be your own people. The question kind of comes up for us. Do those people really exist? (laughs) I mean, like in the world we live in today, can I really find people that fit those criteria? (laughs) She's like pointing them out in the room. I like it. Or are they like more like a unicorn? I mean, I might. You know, can, can I really find those kind of people? And so, come here, bro. Um, instead of just talking about it, I thought I'd have someone help me. Hi, Brooke. Come on, let's go up here. Okay, Brooke. So Brooke shared testimony with me. You can stand right over here. Good morning. Everybody say good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Brooke. I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've ever held a microphone. There you go. I'm going to help you hold it. There you go. You're doing good. New season. Season. New season. There you go. You're going to keep pulling it away. You got to hold it right there. There you go. Okay. So tell them how you found your people. Um, so God meets us right where we are. That's right. Um, when I first started coming to Bethel, I was in the middle of a really dark season in my marriage. Um, I was feeling really alone, um, and embarrassed and broken, um, and I knew that I needed people to help put me back together. Um, I had just moved here from Virginia, so I didn't know anyone at all. Um, and in that moment, God presented an opportunity for me. Um, when I walked in those front doors, he opened up an opportunity for me to grow in him through a connect group. Through other believers. So when the opportunity came for me to sign up, I did. Knowing that that's where God wanted me to be. That's right. Um, And God showed up in a big way and surrounded me with amazing, amazing women um, that just showed me so much love and poured so much light into me. Um, I grew abundantly in a really short amount of time in that group. I learned that I was not alone in what I was going through. That people had either been through it, was in the middle of it, or was at the end. And those stories encouraged me in a big way to keep going and to keep fighting. I gained so much clarity through those stories that were shared. I learned the purpose of my own. Um, And even during this fast, I learned how our stories have to be shared um, and how they are just so, so important and they can impact people in huge ways. Um, So... During a time for me that was so, so, so dark, God gave me so much light through these amazing people and through Bethel. 
<laughs> um, so I just want to encourage everyone to join a connect group um, because you don't have to do life on your own. On. We are doing life together. And there's so much power in that. Yes. yes, please do. You are not alone. Look at somebody say, you're not alone. Just tell somebody. You're not alone. Your people could be sitting right next to you and you don't even know it. That's right. Wake up! <laughs> Wake up. That's right. And I say that with all the love I can muster. That's right. Because how many have navigated seasons in your life alone and you were miserable and it was dark and it was hard? Just raise your hand. Come on. All of us. And how many of you found your people and all of a sudden, even though those hard times didn't go away, you had hope and you had faith and you yes. had courage in the midst of it? Yes. And if you have not gotten to that place yet, it's your turn. You find your people. Let me ask a question because that's just one story, right? That's just Brooke. She found a unicorn in that group, right? How many in this room at Bethel Harvest Church, you have found your people through a connect group, through a core group, through just serving? How many of you have found your people? Okay, just keep your hands up and look around. Life will never be the same. When you find your people, That's right. do not settle for people with low standards who don't live what you're living, believe what you believe. Don't settle for it. Don't settle for it. Wake up and realize that that hunger for more, that desire for deep and vitality in your relationships that God put in you, it's there. It's there. And, and coincidentally, we have connect group signups today and next week. Did, now, hold on, hold on. Did I just preach that to get you in a connect group? No. Uh, yeah, but... No, I didn't. I want you to get in a connect group if you don't have your people yet. I do, because you can find it. Brooke was just like walking in the door and gotten in a group, like within weeks of her first service. So don't be like, oh, I haven't been here. And then I've had people who have been here for years and they got in a connect group and it totally changed their life. So it doesn't matter where you're at, right? But this goes for wherever you're at in all of your life, right? Don't walk around in isolation. Don't walk around settling for people that are in your life by convenience or by chance. Get intentional about choosing your people because it will change everything.